You're listening to We Die First, a podcast for black horror fans by black horror fans. What is up, Spooky Squad? I've been waiting to hear you say those words all week. <laughs> you might say I have nothing going on right now, so this is this the, most the exciting, only thing. exciting thing for me. Yeah, which speaks volumes of my life currently. Hey, I mean, I actually am weirdly busy this week. Well, I guess because I'm moving, but also like yeah. other things I've just like, I think I've been putting off a lot of things I was supposed to do a while ago. And now I'm like, oh, shit, like I have like, I actually have to make um, a to-do list, which is the first to-do list I've had to make since before quarantine. So I'm like, oh, fuck, I have like actual like tasks I have to complete in like a limited time frame that's amazing yeah i wish i had that (laughs) today though was the first time in a while where i had to ask is it thursday and but legitimately i i did not believe it was thursday that i've been pretty good i've been pretty good all quarantine of being like people like oh what day is it like shut the fuck up you know it's monday calm (laughs) down (laughs) like you're being very dramatic right now but today i (laughs) was just like walking in circles in my kitchen like what day is it and i kept looking at my phone to make sure that yep yeah, thursday all right well apple wouldn't lie to me but see i i had the same experience today and it's specifically because i was like oh i have things i have to get done by tomorrow like my other podcast i was editing it and i was like i have to actually like get this done by tomorrow and while i was doing it i was like but is it thursday today like are we sure like do i have one extra day oh my god <laughs> to do this but like, oh shit yeah so i have to do that at some point I decided tonight I'm going to try to go to bed early so I can actually, like, get shit done tomorrow. Cause I have You're one of those. You're one of those. That actually will wake up in time to get shit done early? I, I can do it. I think if I – I'm also a lifelong procrastinator, but also really good at getting things done when I – when, like, down to the wire, it's like, it, you have to do it now, Sinead. Like, you can't keep fucking around. I'll get Dude, it done. No question. You can't, make a, like, you can't make a diamond without pressure. Right. You know? So I'm under pressure tomorrow. But oh. Speaking Honestly, of diamonds. I have like three things I have to do. What am I saying? I'm being really extra. <laughs> well, you know who's really extra? <laughs> Music theater kids. Oh, my God. That was a. You know, no. Let's be positive here. That was a great segue, Andrew. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. You wanted to shit on it, but I'm glad you You know, didn't. I did. I caught myself. I was like, you know, I read my horoscope recently, and it's like, bitch, be positive. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I hope in those exact words, it wasn't like trying to be polite about it. It's like, you need a more positive outlook on life. It's just like, bitch, get, be, stop being how you've been. <laughs> stop being a cunt. And by horoscope, I mean my mom texted me. <laughs> Just have her saved as my horoscope. <laughs> you know, oh, I man. actually should do that. But yes, theater kids. Okay, it's so funny because I I love musical theater, but I hate theater people. <laughs> man, you should have tried being in a program adjacent to theater kids. No, I can't stay. Well, you know, the closest thing I have to that is comedy. I think. We are surrounded by a lot of people, not everyone, but there are a lot of people who do comedy who are also theater kids. So there's that like little overlap, but they're older. So I guess it's less annoying because they're 
Or is it more annoying? I don't know. The pair, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because they, the kids have an excuse for the way they act. Whereas That's you were true. like, why wasn't the adult, why wasn't this beaten out of them <laughs> through years of bad, fe- like, you know, really harsh feedback? AKA bullying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the harshest feedback. The harshest feedback. No, this was your suggestion, though, which is shocking because it, it should have been my suggestion, honestly. It's a horror. I'm really shocked you hadn't heard of this. No, I had not. And I, well, I got confused today because I watched it. There's also another movie called Stage Fright. That came the out 1950s the version? Well, there's a 50s one and there's like an <laughs> 80s one. I was like, wait, which movie are we watching? I had to like check in just to make sure I didn't watch the wrong fucking movie because I would, after Candyman, I would totally show up and be like, yeah, I'm ready to talk about 1950s Stage Fright. Oh my God. <laughs> but um, I had fun. I liked it. It was very funny. Yeah. It was, it, yeah. It's hilarious. <laughs> and it's just so stupid. I love it. It's so fucking stupid. But like in the best way, I think in the best way, um, it has a lot of heart, I think. It has a lot of heart. Yeah. It's no Hamilton. <laughs> it's no Hamilton. Like lots lots of heart. You can tell they're having fun. Speaking of, speaking of Hamilton, though, you took three days to watch it. Yeah. Um, just because I started it. And then I was, like, not into it, and then I figured I should finish it. I will say, my tune changed slightly after the end, because when I started it, and to people that I haven't made this abundantly clear, I studied music in college, which makes me an authority on all things music. Just mm-hmm. kidding. But, so, I, I I say that to say I'm not coming at a place of ignorance, like, I don't like rap, or I don't understand musical theater. I do understand both of those things. Musicals but... aren't realistic. It's like yeah, they're yeah, literally like... singing their feelings. Like it's, <laughs> that's the point, <laughs> right? But I mean, at first, I just was having a hard time being like, so what's the story? Like, what is the point? Like, I get that Hamilton as a historical figure has a story, but I'm like, in the context of this musical, what's the fucking point? And all of this, mm-hmm. I will say that i think compositionally uh lin-manuel miranda did very well like having a lot like a lot through story through the music a lot of the mm-hmm. motives kept coming back and tying yeah. pieces together and i'm like okay cool i too bad he didn't do that with the actual story <laughs> but then like yeah. the second act shit kind of started gelling i'm like okay cool right. so overall it's you know fine i don't get how it got so popular a lot of people, like, because he did, a lot of people, you know, say, oh, this is, like, legitimizing rap in the music theater world. And a lot of friends of mine talked about his first musical that did that called In the, in the Heights. Heights. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people that I've talked to, name, namely just Alana. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. like, that was more successful, in her opinion, because it had the rap elements, but also the story was more succinct. Right. Yeah. So... I mean, for me, I think it's less about legitimizing rap or hip hop in theater because let's be real, like theater, theater is problematic in general, which I think is it's funny because I think like the the discourse right now about Hamilton, of course, if you're on Twitter, there's a lot of like hot takes about Hamilton. Um, but in terms people that of, like, are neither historians or music critics. And that's, I think that's kind of what's annoying about it because like, I don't listen. I'm not one of those people who, like, if I love something and people criticize it, I'm like, 
fuming. Like, I don't care. Like, as far as I'm concerned, one, I, I didn't create Hamilton, so I don't have a stake in this game. I personally, <laughs> like, love it. I enjoyed it. Um, and also just as a piece of art, like, it's up for critique. Like, that's, like, part of it. And as far as I'm concerned, if it is this controversial, then, like, well, I think, you know, you're doing something right if people are talking about the shit you make, right? It's better that people are talking about it than, like, just ignoring it. Um, but, yeah, I think that the annoying criticism I've seen is a lot of people who, like, not even just in terms of being historians, because, like, who cares? But people who, like, don't get musical theater, but then, like, having really strong opinions about it. I'm like, but do you, do you like, like, one critique, I know, and it, it's valid, I think, especially with, like, the state of the world. And, like, you know, it's about the founding fathers who were slave owners. And, like, slavery is not mentioned all that much in the musical. And that's being, like, a point of issue. But, like, I've seen so many takes about, like, the historical accuracy of the musical. I'm like, it's a, guys, it's it's still a musical. Like, it's not – why yeah, are you Ken, willing to – Ken Burns didn't put out this musical. Yeah, like, like calm if, the if fuck down. Like I said this to someone. I was like, if you're watching Hamilton, like, expecting to get, like, a history lesson, you're an idiot. Like, it's <laughs> – as far as I'm concerned, Hamilton is fan fiction <laughs> for someone who loves American history and just wanted to make this weird parallel universe where this is the reality. But, like, I don't know if people are acting like Hamilton is the first – musical or or play to take on historical like a, a historical event or story like we have a vita there's the crucible there's les miserables like there's so many instances of where like history is being put on stage but no one else like i'm not watching les mis and i'm just like yeah. yes yes the july rebellion i get it like no yeah it's how many <laughs> how many people were attacking jesus christ superstar for right. accuracy <laughs> like come on so i don't know it's just you know everyone's got an opinion though and everyone's got a right to it but it's just that's like my only the only issue i have with the criticism it's like it's very bad faith chris it's like y'all like we're all adults here watching this shit i know hey this is not what history was i know they didn't actually like yeah i definitely thought that they had like a fucking cipher with lafayette and hamilton in a bar i bet i thought this happened <laughs> like come on <laughs> give people give us more credit okay but, well luckily those yeah. type of criticisms you know don't really adhere to stage fright <laughs> oh we can find we can do it though we want to get into I mean, it we can, we'll, we're gonna get into it the realism of stage fright but yeah, we covered Stage Fright from 2014, which is a Canadian movie, which is delighted to to find out. Um, directed by Jerome Sable. And it's actually his feature film directorial debut, which, whoa. Not too bad. Not, too, not bad. too bad. Quite the impression on the first go. And helped write the music. Oh, really? Yeah. Damn, he's like fucking talented. But um, it stars Ali McDonald, Douglas Smith. Mini Driver and Meatloaf. Um, and it basically, it follows a hopeful young singer terrorized by a killer at a musical theater camp. Which pretty yep. cut and dry. <laughs> simple, simple fucking um, story. I'm gonna have you walk us through it because you. This was your suggestion. You you've seen this movie <laughs> twelve uh, times. How has you seen it? <laughs> that's dramatic. You're being very music theater kid about. <laughs> about this but yes times (laughs) we're actually gonna sing (laughs) sing the rest of this podcast so you're gonna love this (laughs) somebody will (laughs) Um, i I might break out into song who knows (laughs) i really liked at the beginning just because it set the ridiculous tone 
for the mm-hmm. movie, and it says like based on true events, which obviously it you know it didn't, and it said. You know, the likenesses of those involved have been changed, but the musical numbers are performed exactly as they occurred. <laughs> and I'm like, that's that's so dramatic for this thing. So fucking dramatic. Also, sorry, I I just feel like I have to read this because I was taking my notes, kind of like a stream of consciousness, just like as I, things were happening. And my, my notes go, based on true events, nice. Hmm. Stabbing right at the top. Mini driver. Singing opera. <laughs> oh, it's an opera. Specifically, a Phantom of the Opera knockoff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just love piecing it together. Like, what is happening? No, it's great. It- <laughs> I do love that because you know it just starts right away with a guy getting stabbed, and then she comes on. St- what well, is stage? But we don't know it's the stage, and she just mm-hmm. sings out this crystalline no. No, <laughs> and you're like, oh, and then it zooms out, and we see the pit orchestra and a packed house. Crazy, haven't seen one of those in a while. Been doing a lot of improv shows. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, well, okay, big. Time. I like, I like too. There's there are a lot of uh, nods to just horror movie things throughout this movie, mm-hmm. and mus and musical things too, like the opening hit. From the uh, from the orchestra, I'm like, oh man, that's Beethoven. I'm also a real terrible music major, in the sense that I couldn't name you the themes from the Beethoven symphonies like most people I went to school with could. But I'm like, oh shit, that's definitely from a Beethoven symphony. Mm. Um, that's me but, being a, a nerd. But you know what's kind of cool about this movie? Um, you you get into it, and it's like, okay, this is like over the top. But if you may, if you think about it, like. A musical horror movie makes so much sense in terms of, like, the two genres being this very heightened, like, human-like experience. Like, it makes total sense that you would, like, yeah, like, why haven't I seen a horror musical before? Like, it makes the most sense when you think about, like, genre bending in that way. You know, like, they they both are just, like, these ridiculous, like, um, I don't know, just, like, experiences that are just so outside of like reality but then also still very like human it's i don't know it's weird but i it's that brilliant and a lot of this (laughs) i mean it's kind of split evenly right Mm -hmm. it's not quite like a standard my emotions happen sing-songy musical and it's not quite a jukebox musical you know i mean it's not a jukebox musical because there's it's not like they're playing a band songs but a lot of it is within a lot of the music is within the context of their rehearsing, so it's not like it's happening out of nowhere within the world mm-hmm. they're still hearing it. They're yeah. very, there aren't too many songs where they're like, I'm singing and this is normal in the world. Right, 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 right. Yeah, that's true. But so, uh, she has a, uh, Kylie, right? That was the mom's name. Uh huh, Kylie, yeah, Kylie Swanson. Swanson. Mm-hmm. So she just killed the performance, and then uh, her kids go backstage, um, Buddy and Camilla, and it's like, oh, you're so good. Mom, I love you. And she's like, I love you too, daughter. And then the son's like, you're sweaty. And she's like, shut the fuck up, buddy. She didn't <laughs> say that. She was very loving. She but thought then it, though. Me- <laughs> yeah. So Meatloaf <laughs> comes in. And it's just Meatloaf also, I will always refer to him as Meatloaf. The character's name is uh, Roger McCall. Yeah. But he comes in 
and uh, he and Kylie are together, and it's like, my love, like, the times were here, and they gave, it's like, they're absolutely in love with you, it's like, let's get ready, and then, uh, Camilla goes on the empty stage and is just like, I'm a little kid on a stage, and I can't wait to be a big kid on the stage, and just starts reveling and being on that stage. Which is but also, like, it- my dream, like, I wish I could like get access to the public and just like stand on that stage and like empty and just like sing just like i don't know it's just a fucking nerd Dude, but it's like some... it'd be so goddamn fun <laughs> well you you and that little girl have so much in common i would have i would have also been spinning on the stage my mom got fucking murdered yeah yeah so she's just spinning around on stage while the guy in the 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 phantom of the theater or the ghost theater ghost is what they call it yeah and like shows up and it's clearly so kylie is having an affair with this actor mm-hmm. and then my favorite part of this is he just doesn't he's not even like really rubbing her but like he's going to but he just like puts his hands on her hips and she immediately is like oh <laughs> oh my god it's like I mean, how you see you know like uh, women orgasm instantly like you if you just look at a woman she's gonna come like yeah that's true like, that's true you know, movie sex physics and that's like yeah and i mean like and you know he's wearing like thick oj gloves like she about to die <laughs> but she's not she's oj l- gloves though <laughs> no no they're even thicker um, and then so he just like turns her around and then just starts stabbing her in the throat which is also it it's paired nicely with um switching back and forth to camilla singing and like spinning on stage with this happy music and then he's just like going to town and then stabs her in the mouth and yeah she she should have she should have coated her throat (laughs) yeah then it yeah then (laughs) that knife would have just bounced right off (laughs) (laughs) but that's the beginning right and then we just get the fast forward to 10 years later and it's okay, it's the kid, clearly. It's Camilla, she's older. Yeah. And then oh my god. Just fucking theater kids. It's a camp for theater, theater kids. kids. It's like uh again, like I said, I love musical theater. I hate the people that perform it. I don't it's a very weird cognitive dissonance. It's just like I remember the theater kids in my school, and there weren't that many because my school didn't really have like a robust theater program. So there were like 20 tops. There weren't that many of them really, but 20 was still enough. Like these, I don't know what it is about theater children or theater people or just people who perform anything live. It's just, why are you like this? (laughs) Like, why are you like this? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh man, the sessions, yeah, sessions with Sonique, a therapy podcast. No, but like, but seriously, it's just like that, like, like I get it, like, okay, like, you obviously like attention, it's like why, why like you, I guess it's me too, yeah, I like attention, like, I fucking like, I love it, like, I, I live for the applause, like, give me attention, yeah, I I'm need just validation. Speaking, I'm just speaking into this microphone for no reason. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm like, oh my god, I just like hate attention, like, I'm literally, I have two podcasts, like, I clearly love attention, okay? But like, um, I don't know, theater kids are just like a unique breed, like, they're they're hyper, but then still kind of moody and dramatic, and just like, there's a lot. I feel like they're the worst of puberty, like, all the time. <laughs> 
but then in song. Like, well, like, yeah, it's just because they have they have the range of emotion at all times. It's like just they have the power and they abuse it. Yeah, it's okay. Like, um, do you remember True Life? Like MTV's True Life. Of it, yes. Okay, I remember there, it existing. there is is like one of my favorite like shows growing up. But I recently was like rewatching it, and there's an episode, and it's like True Life. I'm a high school freshman, and it follows three freshmen like on like their first like their first year or a few first few months of high school, and one of them is a theater kid, and it's like, oh man, he's so annoying. Like walks down the hall singing, just like. He's all of the tropes of a theater kid, walks in the hall singing, very melodramatic, just like, you know, oh, God, bless him. I wonder where he is today. Not Broadway. Oh, yeah, no, he wasn't that good. I mean, he was good, but he wasn't like, like you know, <laughs> throw it well, in he, he should have gone to a summer camp. Which is, again, like, that's, so in the movie, that's the first setup, like, the homage to, like, Friday the 13th, or any fucking horror slasher movie, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, we're at a camp. And what do they do? Just like in fucking sleepaway camp. camp, they just <laughs> run off. Except this this time, they're not just screaming. They're singing. And we get the first, like, real full song. Yes. And it's just about them being like, we're finally at a place where we get accepted. And then the song <laughs> is just so ridiculous. Because, like, at one point... You know, they're going through, like, these are all the names we get called. And, you know, they're, they're like, very offensive. A lot of homophobic slurs they've been yeah, called. Yeah, a lot of slurs. Mm-hmm. And then the guy, the guy comes up and he's like, we've all heard these, like, like these names of hate, but let me get one thing straight. And he goes into his, like, I'm gay, I'm gay, but not in that way. And you're just like, oh, my God. Okay, what also... Is- can I please interject? That guy is Rick, is Rick from DeGrasse. You fucking shot Jimmy. <laughs> I know. I found that out today. And I'm like, how did I not? My worlds are colliding when I tell you like horror, musical, DeGrasse, everything is coming together. Did you and look I, that up or did you see it? I recognized him when he when he oh, showed up. Shit. I was like, that's Rick. Like, I was like, I know. Well, I think I didn't recognize him, his face. I recognized his voice. It was like, that voice, like, sends a chill up my spine. Like, he beat Terry. He shot Jimmy. Like, I don't fuck with that Drake. Voice, like. That voice sends a chill <laughs> up my spine. Like, he just fucked up Drake. <laughs> but, yeah, no. Um, I mean, I cried on that during that episode when I saw it. So, like, it, it definitely struck a nerve for me. But yeah, I recognized his voice, and I was like, "That is fucking Rick." And I looked it up. I was like, "It's like is confirmed. I need yeah. to confirm this is Rick." And I was like, "That is Rick." And I love that. I love that he's still working, or at least as of 2014, he had a job. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that initial musical sequence was amazing. the The one actor or the one kid who was like working on her list, right? Makes the list of the whole movie. I watched the, uh, this movie with subtitles on, and. <laughs> Amazon actually wrote out this like the subtitles with the lisp in there, so oh, like man, unnecessary ths all through it, <laughs> which is added to the entire experience. It was amazing. I like to imagine that that song was so. I was shitting. We shat on. I was shitting. We we shat on <laughs> sleepaway camp because these kids just ran around free. I think this was literally part of their itinerary. It's like, all right, once you get off the buses, twelve thirty, you got to burst into song about how you can finally be here and be who you want to be. And oh fuck then, yeah! 
And then I also love, so Camilla and her brother, Buddy, um, they're the kitchen staff, and then Meatloaf, um, like, adopted them, is taking care of them, and he owns mm-hmm. the camp. And yes. instead of hiring real fucking adults <laughs> to, you know, wor- be kitchen staff, this crew of two children, not children, <laughs> they're, like, late teens, probably. Yeah, they're, like, like 19-ish, 18, 19. Yeah. And they feed an entire crew of theater kids. And I don't know if you know this, but having that many emotions running full blast 24-7 burns a lot of calories. So these theater kids... Oh, yeah. They they, they need some food, and somehow these two teens are cooking it all up for them. I love that in that scene when we're introduced to them in, like, the kitchen... Like, uh, you know, they knock over, or I think Buddy knocks over the tomato sauce, and they're trying to clean it. <laughs> I'm so old. My first, I'm becoming my mom, basically. I was like, that's a really shitty way to clean up tomato sauce. He takes, like, the rag, he's just, like, rubbing it in it. I'm like, yeah. that's not how you, like, you have to, like, scoop it off, you dumb No, nut. that's 100% what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? I like not when, important. <laughs> I like when Meatloaf, you know, they, so he goes and he sings his song into the mess hall to introduce... Mm-hmm. To introduce Artie, who is the theater camp, like the student that's going to student direct the show. And mm-hmm. he's he is the epitome of a theater kid, especially one that's going to go into direct or write their own shit. And I mean, oh, yeah, I've met many people like this. You probably have, too. And it's just, they think they are so clever and so witty. And uh, like, what did I write? It's because he he announces that they're gonna do um the haunting of the the opera right or something it's very mm-hmm. obvious knockoff yeah phantom of the opera yeah and then so and it's like a big deal because that's the role that camilla's parent like mom died doing and mm-hmm. and he's like we're going to set it in feudal japan and everyone's like that's brilliant and it's just it's like you were unnecessarily thinking outside of the box in the worst way. Yeah, I kind of liked I, it because it was like a touch on, yeah, like this has been a problem in performance forever. But talking yeah. about it's like, so most of the cast is white. You know, it wasn't. Yes. It wasn't like thinking maybe we shouldn't all dress in kabuki and. That do was this. my first thought. I was like, I feel like this is racist. Like, <laughs> like how do you? Like, there's no way you can do this without racism, but it's a real thing. I mean, like, um, uh, Madame Butterfly gets that problem a lot in a lot of theaters where, I mean, it's a opera, but some theaters still have actors in yellow face yeah. for that. And it's like, it's a, it's a very controversial one where it's like, why are we, like, if theater is so interesting in this way, because I was talking to, um... Uh, my boyfriend about this because you know we watched Hamilton together. He hadn't seen it. I had seen it when it came to Chicago. I was very excited to see it on Disney Plus. I was like, you have to see it. He knew all the music because I played it all the time. So he's like, I fucking already know this. I was like, just sit your ass down and watch this fucking art. But um, <laughs> it, it's 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 so interesting because theater is just so behind the times in all of the ways. Like I was saying, like how if given the state of the world with quarantine and everything these theaters ought to just release the archival footage they have of their shows and you know charge for it because like no one's gonna go no one's seeing live theater for a long time no one's going to broadway to see anything for a while it's like at this point it's like you have to just 
kind of just lean into the times that we're in have a streaming service like I would totally pay for that there's tons of people who love musical theater but can't afford to go to New York or go to like a big you know theater in like a major city they'd love to pay to watch fucking you know wicked or you know be more chill or whatever you know that's been filmed but the problem I think in a lot of ways is like theater is so stuck in like fucking 1940 so there's like this, you know, there's like the elitist of theater and this like desire of like, you know, you kind of have to weed out the uglies and it's why it's still so fucking expensive and why it's still so like not accessible. But even beyond that, there's like still a lot of like weird race shit that happens I think in it the was theater like, world that like is not being addressed fast enough compared to like Hollywood or television. It's like still very weird and archaic and I, I don't get it. Oh, it's it so helps stupid. that, you know, a lot of the upper crust elite audience members don't give a shit i think it was the yeah met. it's old white very rich people you know yeah the met i'm i'm 90 sure it's the met but very recently like in the last couple like two or three years made the big announcement that they will no longer do like like dark faced things for moorish characters because that was a big thing in mozart operas and you're yeah, like or drink othello the, and stuff and you're like now <laughs> it took you till now to say that but right whatever. it's like it's it's insane i do love though in that mess hall scene they have like little posters i was just gonna like, say the posters to, Dude, i couldn't yeah. catch all of them because it was like i was like did was, you get like, watching i'm like i'm like move the camera because I, I saw some i couldn't fully see but there was like um <laughs> les producers yeah <laughs> which is funny and like arkansas which is, yeah like, Oklahoma. did you see the one it was rats no I, I missed that one i'm just speculating because there was just pictures of rats so i'm like that has to be a rats poster it has to go rats and cats yeah that I made up that, that mess hall scene with those posters made up for fucking Artie and his fucking fedora i hate fedora kids so much but like of course Artie wears a fedora like were you surprised were you shocked by any of this of course not <sighs> no but I do like, um, I also like throughout this entire movie, the complete opposite of like a sleepaway camp where they were like, it's like, who is the killer? <laughs> is it this person? Is it that person? And they did a pretty good job putting plausible suspicion on a lot of different people. But yes. I will say the scariest part, I think, for me of this movie was after this scene when they're all in line waiting to audition and I'm like, oh shit, I remember those. Auditions are like that pre-audition. Um, I so I <laughs> this is why I overshoot share. I'm a nervous pooper, like my dog. He takes it after <laughs> me, and my dog. Um, whenever I take him to PetSmart or wherever to get his get groomed, he like more often than not will poop in the PetSmart because he gets like nervous and he's like <laughs> shit. <laughs> it's really sad and kind of funny but i am the same way like i will not on the well, sometimes it's also know. kind of sad and kind of funny like <laughs> oh there's sneak just in the theater <laughs> but no when in doubt if like pre if it's before audition there's a good chance my stomach is hurting because i feel that like when i get nervous i don't shit myself but i do get like that kind of like tummy like pain and just like i feel like i have to go to the bathroom every five minutes i don't know i feel like, I, I feel like our listeners need to the spooky squad wanted to know that so i told them oddly yeah uh, we got a second review in and we didn't get any ratings that just said are you nervous pooper sneak 
So he's like, thank Sydney, you. tell me about your bowel movements. And I was like, well, let me <laughs> tell you. Let me tell you about that. When I get nervous. <laughs> but yeah, no, that is a scary moment. Like going in for audition is just I think it's I, I think I'm it's worse than like an interview, honestly. Like a job interview. Yeah, because you can botch a job interview and it's just like, all right, you didn't like this qualification or whatever. And mm-hmm. you're like, okay, whatever. But if you get botched, if you botch an audition, even if you fuck up the audition, they're like, we don't like you. Yeah. We don't like what you as a human are presenting to us. <laughs> I know that you love this thing that you're performing for us, but we hate it. <laughs> so are you oh. sure you want to keep doing this thing? Because <laughs> you're not good at it. <laughs> Unless you have, like, Camille's confidence because mm-hmm. she just fucking sneaks into that audition because she's a cook and she couldn't do it. But they fucking... Well, because that Joel guy that's running the... uh, the He's proctoring the auditions. And I don't know. What did I write? It was just like... Oh, like, I wouldn't notice a girl like you. It's like, okay calm the fuck down joel and then she's just like if you do this favor for me i'll owe you and then he's like good enough for me i need this and then she gets in and obviously wows them but then she's fucking double cast as the lead sophia with liz yes fucking horse shit no i love uh liz gives me very strong like sharpay energy Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who, and I stand by Sharpay was the hero of High School Musical. <laughs> I stand by that fact. She was robbed. <laughs> oh, man. I am, um, the best line in the movie is when, so they've started rehearsals. Mm-hmm. And then, so, it was like, what is, like, there's like, we're talking about, like, what is the scariest, like, what is the story of haunting of the, th- like, of the opera? And the little lisp girl is like, <laughs> a story of true love. And if Artie being the piece of shit just cuts her off, it's about covering yourself and the masks that we wear in real life. So that is what we'll be doing. It's like, so what ancient Japanese art involves having your face covered completely in white? And Sam's just like, bukaki. <laughs> And it's not acknowledged at all. And then someone immediately is just like, Kabuki. And he's like, Kabuki. (laughs) Which, like, I mean, you can't, like, you can't let that go. Like, if there's an opportunity to make a Bukake, like, joke, you have to do it. Like, it was an obvious joke, but also, like, you needed to do it. You know, it would be a shame if they hadn't gone for it. So, okay, (laughs) Before that, though, even um, we get like clips to, you know, who is the who is the murderer, but they're like, they also have their own like weird singing numbers. Like in the beginning, it's just like this weird basement troll guy with like a mask. And he's just like, shut your fucking face. Like, yeah. I was like, when I watched it, I was like, what is happening? I was like, I didn't realize that, oh, this is like the killer. I was like, is this like a, is it like a monster living in the basement? Like, yeah right what's happening in this movie yeah this killer's just been lurking waiting for the right musical to terrorize this camp over and this Mm -hmm. is it oh man and it goes like back and forth at certain points i also love the um i love the caddy um 
gay guy. Which one? <laughs> the, the stage manager, right? The stage manager of is Dude <laughs> That is that I is the it. best. That is if you've ever like like I I'm not I mean, I haven't done like really only, the only shows I've done here in the old Chicago have been at Second City in the Annoyance mm-hmm. improv and sketch wise, but in theater theater i don't know if because you know we've never really had a stage manager at those yeah, shows no. but no, like in theater <laughs> they're like it is a type of personality that can handle being a stage manager slash that i think is drawn to the profession oh you and- have to kind of be an asshole like and i respect <laughs> it because if you're going to like, get shit done it's like no you kind of have to, to to fucking uh uh corral all these theater kids you kind of have to be like oh man yeah especially if they're theater adults like and they're on the same they're on the same plane as you it's like oh man well i gotta ant this up but he's just i love how it's just very much we're all big family here but if you mess up on stage i will end your life but i love you (laughs) it's just like that catty theater back and forth of like i'm going to lay down some shit but act like i don't mean it but i will fuck you up there's also like a lot of weird like background moments that made me laugh. So I think it's the same scene because I think it's like when they're having their first like like rehearsal or whatever, and it's during when he's the stage manager is speaking and he's like he's he says like some serious shit. He's like, oh, I'm kidding. This is the first time. He does it the second time, and there's a kid in the audience who's like dying laughing. He's like, oh my god, it's just like, like a very over the top like reaction to a very corny joke. Right. And I thought it was hilarious. I don't know something about people like. Having extreme reactions and things are like mildly funny, but like really enjoying it is is delightful to me. And I thought that it was very delightful and just ugh, so funny. Dude, but he's well, very catty. I love it. Yeah, it takes a turn though because then we get to her. We get to Camilla talking to Artie backstage. Mm-hmm. Or well, like, because he want well, he like leads her. He wants to talk to her, and you know, my impression. I mean, there are summer stocks where you can be like young professionals and more or adults. You know, like you're not terribly mm-hmm. old, but you're out of high school. Yeah. But my impression is that these are high school age, if like just out of high school. So the point is, they're fucking young, and he pulls out fucking martinis for them, and he's just like <laughs> in the little like, like the- stage with like, the curtains. Yeah. And he's like, you're like, so what good. a fucking sleaze bag. Which again, you know, is some nice commentary on how fucking shitty higher ups in not just theater, but like all artistic professions are. I mean, this movie definitely has like a feminist subtext, yeah. like a little bit. There's a, there's a little bit in it that I was I way to go, by. way to go, Jerome. Yeah, you know, like he 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 did it because there is like. I mean, it, a lot of it, you, I guess you could dig into it, is, like, about a woman's agency at the end of the day. Because she has, yeah. like, the issue with Artie, who's, like, definitely preying on her and trying to pull, like, the casting couch shit. But then paralleling that with her mother. Which also, I'm so sad that, like, Minnie Driver died immediately because I love her. I was very excited to see Minnie Driver. I was really hoping to see her all through the movie. And she just, like, fucking got stabbed in the throat. But, yeah, it is about, like, kind of, like male control in this industry trying to like you know keep you from living your best life that means playing this role like camille or like you know getting dicked down by your cast member like, <laughs> like mini like let her live literally and figuratively let this bitch live <laughs> like damn 
She's out here. Um, yeah. Is this where we get to, like, it's the montage of everyone rehearsing now? And mm-hmm. I love that, like, just kind of like the stereotypical, like, theater personas you see. It's like, oh, the alternative girl with, like, the shaved half-shaved head that's the seamstress doing all this shit and then like the crazy little child that's building all of the sets also they put a child in charge of all of the carpentry but Which, i also read that he was an homage to leatherface because of i how was, he was gonna dressed. say i was gonna say the way he dressed and there's one point where he's cutting the wood with the chainsaw and he does kind of like a pirouette with it yeah which happens at the end of to exit chainsaw i've Definitely caught that. I loved it. There's also that one girl who's the alto, which I, I um, as an alto, <laughs> I, she's like, but uh, Liz is like, you don't get it. You're an alto. And I was like, as an oh alto, who would probably never be able to be in a starring role because I'm an alto with deep ass woman's voice. I right. get this. But she's dressed like Liza Minnelli and she has the same haircut and makeup as like a Liza Minnelli from Cabaret. And They're I love that. Some- there are just so many dumb little lines. Like, there's this one. when So when Joel's trying to get uh, Camilla to hang out, and he's just like, there's an all-drag Steven Schwartz review at Bunk 10 for the evening activity. Like, I snorted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I love, you know, I love a movie that spoofs, like, a genre, but also, like, um, a subculture, but you can tell the people making it actually, like, are a part of it and like think yeah. it's a love letter so it's like they shit on theater kids but you can tell like okay this is written and created by theater kids though like you that's a, a deep <laughs> cut like <laughs> oh man and also did you do you remember it was it was before that you wouldn't understand you're just an alto because <laughs> she sees camilla walking by and she just goes she doesn't even go here <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh man so wonderful but then we get back to, you know, it goes through all of that, and <laughs> it's it's the scene when uh, Opera Ghost comes up and, like, holds the woman from behind, and it's mm-hmm. Sam who, um, to reiterate, he's the one that's saying that he's not gay in that way song. And also, and why he- is he really trying to push this I'm straight narrative at theater camp of all places? Like, honey... yeah this is your one place to be out and proud honestly no truly but i did i I know and it's like the reality of it you know like that's there are people in those situations and that's super fucking shitty but in the Mm -hmm. context of this made-up like musical horror when it's just like Artie's like sam you have to you have to love liz when you come up behind her and he just rips his mask off he's like Artie, i i'm attracted to women he's like (laughs) He's like, okay. <laughs> oh man, but that's this is when we go um a little after that, you know, Artie's back on his bullshit, trying like like Camilla's like, so which night do I get to perform? Because the Broadway uh you know, scouts are there on opening night and he's mm-hmm. just like, you know, like holding that over her head and then gets her and she like takes her top off. And then, you know, she's like, would you be upset if we stop now? And she and he goes, would you be upset if I let Liz go on opening night? And she's just like, you're an ass and leaves. And I was like, fuck, yeah. Know, but we also get. Yeah, we Which also. Kinda, I but, guess in a way he kind of does. 
in the best way. But like, we he also see canceled, like But we also see literally. yeah, we see someone's watching them and we're like, "Oh man, the killer's also a pervert." But he in t- amazing horror movie fashion, this is when we start finally getting more of the horror side mm-hmm. is he hears noises, so he's goes and checks it out and nothing says i should really go check out this dark theater as someone whispering your name so he goes (laughs) and he checks right and it's just like an empty stage with a mic in the middle and he goes and checks it out and then the lights all turn on but then um the hanging stage lights all start dropping and he keeps dodging them until the last one that fucking hooks through his foot and into the stage oh so gross I loved oh, it, but man. I hated it too. Well, <laughs> and I love the killer. Like, so the killer comes and he's wearing he or she he is wearing the <laughs> Kabuki ghost mask, and I love that all of his kills have like fucking lame theater puns, and he's just like break a leg and pushes him, and his foot rips in <laughs> rips half. Off. Yes, and then he's like crawling to the the prop box of swords that's of course aptly named swords <laughs> yeah and uh the and then he's eventually killed by having his face shoved on a stage light which are they are fucking hella intense and then he just like shatters it inside of his face and it electrocutes him and he lets out a heavy metal scream yeah <laughs> I think it was at that moment I was like, this movie is batshit crazy. I love, I mean, the the kills are very creative, which I, big fan of a creative kill. I love an over-the-top, you know, silly, just, what is that like? That You know, I always wonder, like, when people are making movies like this, like, I guess you are just sitting around a table just coming up, cooking up ideas of, like, ways to kill people. Because they really are, like, that light bulb scene is... Right. It's just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But yeah. so great. Yes. Um, but she does, I mean, eventually she does end up getting, Cam does get the lead role in that moment. Because one thing that's, being, that's been like kind of sprinkled throughout is that the theater is having, you know, some financial issues. You know, like, you know, there's yeah. a lot of, like, you know, overdue notices, mortgage issues. And... In a in a last ditch effort to try to drive up tic- ticket sales and also to get the Broadway producer to show up or this talent scout, you know, he uh, Roger markets this play as being like, oh yeah, this is like the daughter of fucking uh, Kylie Minogue or whatever fucking name, her name is, and like you know, you want to come out to this shit? It's gonna be great. Did you say Kylie Minogue? <laughs> I sure did. That's the only Kylie I know. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, that was super <laughs> shitty, though, like, because Roger, because at that point, too, Buddy and Cam were going to leave. They're like, we need to get away from, from this camp. And right, Roger, yeah. And then, so she was going to leave, and she even said she was going to, mm-hmm. but then, like, he, Roger was on the phone with the Broadway guy, and he's like, yeah, the daughter of the woman that originated the role before she died is going to be reprising it. What a better successor. So then she gets fucking manipulated into that. But then it takes us to <laughs> one of my favorite move like moments in this movie is so Meatloaf goes out there and is convincing all of these kids <laughs> that they c- shouldn't call 
their parents because then they'll have to close the camp again yeah, it's just it's definitely old... a killer at the camp yeah similar to what... sleepaway camp <laughs> <laughs> and i love the line he's like if you use that phone then you'll have to head home to your parents and they're like oh no <laughs> and it, then this little girl goes isn't it wrong to sing and dance when someone just died and then someone goes isn't that illegal <laughs> <laughs> and for some reason, I thought that was super funny. And he just goes into a long musical soliloquy of how musicals help us fight through the time. And I never, I caught this reference, obviously, because it's so overt, but I never caught that before. He said, he sings a line saying, like, when the terrorists come and get suicidal, and then he goes into a Jesus Christ superstar <laughs> reference. Yes, yes. <laughs> Which I thought was amazing. I that's my favorite. Like, ugh, it was so good. But also just like, I don't know. Like the creativity in this. You know what it was? I think it what what it kind of reminded me of was the musical episode of Buffy. Have you ever seen it? Mm, Once yes. more with feeling. Yes. No. A long time ago, but so I don't. Recall. Yeah, it's that same like. Um, just like really great like self-referential type shit that i i've really i thoroughly enjoy and it's just i don't even know how to say it's just it's just wonderful seeing people making fun of something that they clearly very they love and it's it's such a fun it does the heart good it gets annoying seeing people just kind of shit on stuff so it's like i like to see people shit on things that they actually like secretly enjoy and it's why you're so good (laughs) at shitting on it because like you're you're really like you're deep in this theater kid world if you're like throwing in a jesus christ superstar reference like come on right we also get the uh the heavy metal killer the kabuki murderer and like his songs and he's just like (laughs) it's just fucking ridiculous and then it's mixed in with like the happy go lucky like sing a song camping (laughs) 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 but then like so after that it's so that's the crux right now we have it's Mm -hmm. opening night also so they're setting up and I very much noticed the, the instrument setup, and the first thought I had was, what stupid orchestration. Nobody would write for those instruments, <laughs> which for me was a nice touch of how ridiculous this movie was. Yeah. <laughs> and also, and this is when I wrote in my notes, where I'm like, because, you know, they're still sprinkling in of the murder in his weird little hobbit hole. And I'm like, does the murder just live in a Harry Potter-esque like wardrobe <laughs> somewhere yeah. on the grounds. Yeah, I was. It, it was it made clear as to where he even is because like, he also is down there and he has like all like the headshots of the kids. No, it is not made well. clear. Like, I don't where believe. Where exactly is he? Oh man, but I love. You know they're all getting ready to go, and this is so. Not even just music theater, but a lot of singers. Just you know the one is. Cam, uh, Cam and this other one are warming up and the other's like, do all these exercises and all this dumb sh-. and I'm like, if I never fucking hear these things again, which is never gonna happen as I'm dating a singer and I Yeah, I was gonna two- say, isn't a lot of an opera singer? Like, I'm pretty sure yeah, you're gonna hear yeah. all that all the Yeah, time. <laughs> too many singer friends but I resonated so intensely when Joel's trying to warn Camilla about, it's like, you need, you can't go on, there's a killer and the w- girl's doing warm-ups and he's just like shut up like, <laughs> i feel that i feel that and also everyone being like places places everyone places i'm like oh, fuck. five minutes thank you five yeah 
<laughs> oh man but luckily <laughs> dude victor brady the broadway scout shows up oh what a creep mm, yeah but i love also who watches a mu- who watches musical theater and just licks their lips the whole time like ew like <laughs> I like when they start like the musical and it starts with a da 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 and you're like, oh god, no. Of course. Like I said, there's no way to do this as a kabuki like without it being racist. Right. Do you like when, uh, and then we get, again, just nice little homages because Cam is singing her big aria and... Uh, we see clips of someone sneaking up in the, the catwalk, setting a bucket of red paint to get, fall on her. And you're Ooh, like, oh, yes, I freaking loved it. One would say that's kind of a carry over from another movie we covered. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, she's dancing. Y'all can't see it, but it's, I did it. <laughs> it's well deserved. <laughs> I wrote it in my notes and I was waiting to say it. <laughs> <laughs> I was you, so ready to say that shit. We get, and this is when we get, uh, so Sam, who was the opera ghost, the totally mm-hmm. straight opera ghost, and yes. he uh, got off stage from his first entrance and had a passionate kiss with the stage director. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was great. But was then wonderful. he goes for his, his quick change his wardrobe change and he sees Whitney who is the costume designer and she has nails all in her head uh homage to pin fun hellraiser like, reference yep right and then <laughs> the heavy metal murderer comes up and goes how's that for a quick change and then stabs <laughs> him with scissors <laughs> and i mean like like these are visually like not you know, like, they're not super gruesome, but they're not tactful murders, but they're very much less impact. They're not as impactful because he says these dumb fucking puns. <laughs> I think he's just a secret. Uh, He's a secret theater kid. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, he clearly lives for the drama himself. Like, right. it, it, the irony can't be lost on him. They're like, you realize that you're taking on a very dramatic response right. to your like childhood this- trauma. Like... <laughs> This is where, so now, like, all the killings happening, and we, and again, actually, one of the scariest things amongst all of the killing is Mm -hmm. when Cam's, like, she says her line, like, Master, you can take me now, and (laughs) no one comes up, and that is always my fear, like, oh, shit, someone, probably me, forgot an entrance. (laughs) I, that happened to me one time. I didn't forget it, but, like... So last, it would have been like last Thanksgiving-ish, I was in um, Christmas After All at the Annoyance uh, as an understudy and I got to like perform, right? So I was already very stressed out because I don't know why I agreed. I agreed to do it because I wanted to take the opportunity, but I also like, it was the Friday after Thanksgiving or Saturday after Thanksgiving. So like I literally had to, I flew home and I still wasn't. So many nervous poops. Oh my god! I oh my goodness! We we're lucky that the the toilet was fine after, but um, I was so nervous, and I I also wasn't off book the day of, so like I came home. We I we got back from 
Maryland from visiting my family. It's early morning. I took like a, a, like slept a little bit, woke up and then spent the rest of the day just like working on the script to get fucking off book for that night's performance. So you can imagine I'm like freaking out. I didn't have all my, like my um, costume together yet. I don't know why I agreed to it. Cause it's like so stupid, but you know, it's finally time for me to have my entrance. So I'm like sweating balls. I'm nervous. And I hear my cue and <laughs> Uh, you, you know, like the main stage and annoyance has like those fucking like doors and shit. Like, yeah. and for whatever reason, no, it wasn't a door. It was a curtain for like, it was like, that was the door. I couldn't like find the opening to the curtain. So like, I hear my cue and I'm just like punching like the curtain <laughs> trying to get up the stage. And I can hear, um. One of like the folks in the play, like buying time, he just repeats his line. He's just kind of like just improvising, trying to give me time to come out. And I'm just like, <laughs> see, you know like, the fear. You know like, the fear ready, that this ready to woman poop myself. And I'm just like <laughs> hitting the curtain trying to get out. Oh Jesus god, Christ. it was so bad. I got out there though eventually. Well, I didn't poop she, myself. Yeah, well, that's good because she. <laughs> She ran off stage and then found these people murdered. But also before that, uh, because they're trying to buy time. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, Opera Ghost comes out, but it's clearly someone that is tied up. And we're like, what is happening, Opera Ghost? And yes. then the the music director is cued to like play anything. So the xylophonist just starts doing bullshit. And... <laughs> With the worst grip I've ever seen, by the way. I'm like, this oh, kid, uh, uh, this kid needs fucking lessons. So you, you know, you know. <laughs> but yeah, and they just go into like some fucking little Oompa Poka shit. Mm-hmm. And you, you're like, what the fuck? But so anyway, the killer is in, she, she's radioing the stage manager over the headset. And she's like, there's a killer in the theater. And he goes, yes, that's your line. Now say it on stage. And you're like, <laughs> you're like, what? Such a fucking bitch. But I love it. I also love that he made it to the end, right? Yeah, yeah. Completely. Yeah, the the state. I love that. I I was I was very happy to see that. I mean, very common trope in movies, like the whole like kill your you know, your gays, basically. I mean, I guess a care a gay character did die, but it was nice to see one, at least the openly gay character, make it to the end. Right. Happens too often. Oh man! And then the one girl that was doing all the <laughs> she gets fucking murdered she in her steam murked. room. And that was this was the worst line he said before he killed someone. He's just like, "Let me help you warm up." Shoves her head into just like the hot like shower, so it's steaming. I mean, so it's obviously hot, but and then you know. He's singing along with the polka music that he realistically probably can't hear and then yeah, kills her. Definitely. Yeah, he definitely could not hear it. I don't know. Maybe it's just like... um. But then... Fucking Roger. Fucking Roger. He gets knocked out and taken to the kitchen. Well, and then in the one girl's murder... This is when we get our first real clue of who the murderer is because she picks up the buzz saws and realizes they're not buzz saws, but they're can lids from like big giant whatever tomato jars, maybe tomato that have been serrated. So. Oh. And then we get this fucking adorable 
some of the rhyme schemes in Heavy Metal Killer's song that he's saying to Roger, I'm like, that's pretty tight. You're still a heavy metal singing murderer, though. And then he, like, pulls yeah. a guitar out of nowhere that is just kept in the oh, kitchen. Oh, my God. And then puts that... the knife in it as a capo. <laughs> that fucking... I was like, are you... It, this... What? Like, it, <laughs> it was... I, I truly was like... I think at that point, I just was like, this movie is, like, has, like, lost, lost it at this point. Because I was expecting, like, a stabbing situation. And then, like... Using it with a guitar was like I I can't like I literally threw my hands up I was like I can't fucking listen to it. But that's when we find out because Camilla comes up and she removes the mask and it's like oh fuck it's Buddy, and this is when we find the, the nice shocking huge twist is that yep. Roger was the original murderer that killed their mom mm-hmm. and he was and he's so bad at murdering like he was good at the murder part but he was really bad at. Seeing if there was a child standing right in the middle of the room. He wasn't hiding. He wasn't like no, he behind was, like, the... Just sta- he was like just... very much in plain sight. Yeah, so like not only was he feeling up his mother in in front of him, he then murdered said mother. And then yep. that this kid had so much trauma. And I mean, it was... It resonated more because like when I saw this like... The first time around, like, 2015, I'm just like, oh, like, oh, that's a, what a twist. And now I'm like, like, f- that fucked him up. Like, oh, I yeah. mean, <laughs> you're like. Well, especially because- when you remember, like, how violently, like, he kills her. Like, he stabs her, like, ten times in the throat. What really pushed me over the edge of realizing, like, the boy's trauma is, like, obviously that would fuck you up. But he was like you know cam's like why didn't you tell me and he's like i was scared i was scared i've always been scared and then you know it goes back to the and i thought this was fucking amazing acting for the child that played buddy like he was like convincingly whimpering the entire time when like me mm-hmm. was like it's like what you saw was an accident because you were in the room i told you to leave and he like just keeps intermittently slapping him and he's like but don't worry i'll take care of this no one has to know you messed up. And you're just like, fuck, man. Like, Yeah. <laughs> it's like, not only did I murder your mother in front of you, that I then gaslit you, made you think that it was your fault somehow. Ugh. Right. And then yeah, in which, my- like, understandable uh, turn to insanity on Buddy's part. Oh, truly. <laughs> truly. That does warrant him fucking beating the shit out of him with a frying pan. But then he accidentally knocks Camilla out, and then when he turns around to check on her, fucking yeah. meatloaf. What did? I- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just—it's so ridiculous to me that meatloaf is still in this. But yeah, so meatloaf stabs him in the back, and Buddy's fucking down. I wrote like, "Is like, don't turn your back on meatloaf, or you'll die." The story of my fucking childhood. <laughs> That's the alternate title of this movie. <laughs> And he also stabs Buddy an unnecessary number of times. Though, question, is this just a, 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 a situation of just Buddy being crazy after what happened? Why does he end up killing all these kids, though? Well, they also mention, because, you know, Joel, like, halfway through the movie, is like, this this production's cursed. Anyone that puts it on, like, the director died, and then it was trying to be put on again, and, like, this lead person died. And so I think, and I wonder if it was kind of like you know what's what's his face so like Artie died but he mm-hmm. witnessed 
he uh buddy saw him like trying to put the moves on his sister so okay that makes sense but then like okay i don't know like the other kids like whitney the costume designer what the fuck did she do to anyone yeah maybe she witnessed it or it's just that you're so like or i mean but then again if you remember like the the songs that the killer buddy sings it's like i think he just hates theater i think at this point it's just like with everything that happened to him it's just like such a deep-seated anger and hate towards theater he's so he's such a self-hating theater kid yeah he's like a self-hating theater kid but they've also been working at that theater camp for like years so like why but then again i guess this is the time they did the play that was the one that his mother did so i guess that's the thing that drew took more of the age edge what if like he just hated theater so much he just kills kids at the camp every year but they keep opening it <laughs> just keep reopening like. oh my god Oh, like Jesus. no matter what show they do, he just is going to kill like, most of the cast. <laughs> We're doing bye bye birdie, not on my watch. <laughs> Which is exactly why the camp is like is failing right now because like people aren't investing <laughs> in it as any of their kids because they literally get murdered every year. <laughs> that's the oh real. That's a real story. It's not being told. <laughs> right. We do get um after this though. We finally get so stage manager dude goes on stage even though he said he is severe stage fright to try and keep the production alive and going but then he ends up like unmasking theater ghost thinking it was his lover sam but it was liz that was trapped bound and gagged in theater ghost costumes so he kicks her on stage and is like sing your aria and (laughs) then he ends up tripping over the rope and spills the paint all over liz which was funny while all this is happening fucking camilla is running away from meatloaf and then this was pretty tight because she has a fucking buzzsaw to his chest like she he corners her and is like don't do that you're not gonna do that you're just like your mom and then she was going to and then pulls the the trigger but it was unplugged and then he just does the dumb fucking villain thing of laughing maniacally. And in yep. that time, fucking Joel comes out of nowhere, plugs it in, and Camilla fucking saws fucking meatloaf from his beehole to his beehole. I was gonna say he she beat it, beat and eat him. <laughs> what was also cool too, if you think about it, is so meatloaf falls back and it's still cutting him. And no one's finger is on the trigger. So that means that is a faulty buzzsaw that a child had been operating all month to build sets. <laughs> You're like, well, the, what kind of shit camp is this? Well, we obviously Listen, know it what kind of camp. underfunded <laughs> theater <laughs> camp, okay? You can't ask for much mm-hmm. more. But when she does, she ends up stumbling out onto the stage and, like, they all just assume that it's part of the show and, like... The, hill, the hillbilly stands up and starts the slow clap. <laughs> slow, which also you think like, what is this show? Like in universe, what is this show about? Because why would you think this is a part of the show? Right. On top of like the 20, like the, the 30 minute long dance number that happens because, you know, all this killing is going on and the stage manager is trying to buy time. Like, what do they think this show is about? Yeah. They get a standing ovation. Like what? Yeah. What in the last, I assume that dancing filler bit has at least taken 10 minutes like at one point before liz gets kicked back on like they're all getting up to leave and then Uh is it over and she comes back and is like whimpering because she's just been bound and gagged and she starts singing the aria and they they turn around they're like i guess it's still going (laughs) 
But yeah, so that happens. And then and then it just goes into a year into the future and they're on the the red carpet at the Broadway revival of ha- uh haunting whatever it was called. Yeah, the haunting of the opera. And Victor Brady is like, "Yeah, you know, she's going to be a star and she prevails over tragedy." And then she's just, you know, and it's the same dressing room where her mom was killed. Yeah. And she's just fucking staring at herself. And Victor Brady's like, you're going to be great. Blah, blah, blah. Oddly, and like, he's still holds very, her chin. still very and, creepy and still and, like, very, like, lecherous. rubs her chin for, like, a solid 10 seconds. Which and is... I'm like, she just got her makeup done. Don't do that. Yeah. But also and... you're a creep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then we get, like, the, the vanity light starts to flicker, and instead of, you know, because she remembers how Artie died, so she shut the lights off. And then I really like they turn it on, and, and nothing happens. Yeah. Until the theater ghost pops through the fucking mirror to stab her. It was a great use of a jump scare, because I was waiting for, like, oh, there's going to be someone behind her, like her mom. Nope. Right. But then it was just in her head, like, because, you know, trauma. Yeah. <laughs> and then the last fucking thing you hear is places. <laughs> I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> yes, the, it was. Yeah. I I love that. Like last, like this little, like little punchline. Boop. And we're done. All right. Man, that's, that's stage fright. Both fucking figuratively fright. and literally. Yeah. I loved it. I thought it was so great. I mean, I've, I've made it very clear the reasons why I loved it, but it just was like a really fun, a fun one. I, I I still can't believe that I went this long not knowing anything about it. It is fun. It's like the best thing in the world. Obviously not, but you're not mad that you watched it. Yeah, it's just like a, it's a good time. It's not like you know, it definitely isn't my favorite in terms of like a horror comedy or anything, but it's still like a really like good one, like an enjoyable one. Um, but you know, as is tradition, what would this movie have looked like if there was a black cast? Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I thought the same thing. I'm like, oh, it would just be Hamilton. Just Disney, be- Disney's Ham- Disney plus Hamilton. That's really just the other <laughs> alternative. Well, think, so would it be, so the impetus is still the same, right? Like, uh, the kid's mom died and then they're at a theater camp. So if it were a black theater camp or like it was as is mostly white. I actually do you recall seeing many black people. There are no like black speaking roles. No, no. Everybody who speaks is white. Um, as it should be. And um, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but um, well, what if it was just as it was, but there was just like a group of black um theater kids there and in this white theater camp let's go with that route well they would have called their parents for one they would have called their parents also no no question they would have called their parents this was 2014 no there were older kids no one had fucking cell phones yeah yeah because we we do see roger or slash meatloaf cut the phone line to avoid kids calling home and i'm like they would have had cell phones for sure. I mean, unless they're like the, you know, classic trope, like they're in the middle of nowhere. Like the service right. is really bad. Like they can't, 
you know, get a call out. But are there really that many places in America still or in Canada, you know, where like. Wyoming, just, Montana, probably just those two places. Yeah. Like that you're just like, just can't get a signal. It's like you can usually get a signal somewhere. Yeah. Without question. Yeah. yeah. Um, they would have. Uh, oh, my God. That not mentioning a few black theater kids. There's another movie called Camp that I thoroughly enjoy. It's not good, but it's good for me. Um, and it's a, it's a musical movie about, again, theater kids at a theater camp. Anna Kendrick is in it. And it's like when like, she's like young, <laughs> like on like in it, you know, or whatever. But it's all these kids at a theater camp and blah, blah, blah. And there's like a plot line or a subplot about like the lack of um, like musical theater um, shows that have black casts or have black roles in it so there's this boy and he's like really frustrated because it's a guy and he has a younger brother at the at the camp you know the frustration of like the lack of roles and like you know because they're black like what are they gonna do and at one point they put on fiddler on the roof and they have this little <laughs> black boy just an orthodox jewish man with like the curls and like a beard <laughs> and that's what i'm thinking it's like how like the struggle of being like I, I'm waiting for the high school that puts on Hamilton, but it's an all-white school. It's an all-white cast of Dude. Hamilton. Because you know it's going to happen eventually. There's going to be a high was, school in fucking Orange County that's like, we're doing Hamilton, but there's no black kids in this program. Dude, I was thinking of a bit for that where it was just like, so like MTI finally released the rights for, you know, people to do Hamilton. And it's right. uh, it's like the high school casting, like the audition day. And it's just like, what's your name? My name is Bethany, and I'm here for the part of this. And it's just like all these white people. And they're all like, okay, good. And then finally, like one black person shows up. They're like, you made it. And he's like, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't sing or dance or do anything yet. It's like, oh, okay. You, you want to, you don't have to. Do <laughs> you just want to be in it? <laughs> But no, the struggle is real. I mean, when I think about like musical theater with black protagonists, the ones that stand out, Dream Girls, of course, Porgy and Bess, um, The Color Purple got an adaptation. Um, those are like the three big ones I can think of. I know like they did um they did Fela a few years ago on Broadway and it was about Fela Kuti. But otherwise it's like there aren't that many. So I just imagine these poor <laughs> these poor black theater kids having to also be in kabuki makeup and just being like this is I don't understand why. <laughs> like I think that, what? That's what it would be. You're right. It would just be like the black the blackness in that movie in that version would just be these kids being like there are no real roles for us. I guess basically we'll just, like I guess we'll, I just have to but they'll live. They'll live because they're so like nameless. You know, they're the exactly. weird background characters and heavy metal murder dude will be like, what's this going to prove? Basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So actually. More diverse roles in musical theater, guys. Come on, please. Yeah. The the black version of this movie is just, um, it ends with like three of them becoming the heads of like several Broadway theaters or like really powerful members on their boards being like, yeah, we're going to stop fundraising for you unless you get like these black heads in here and these like black officials like in the scene. And then it's mm -hmm. just like, well, what? 
And they'll be in an interview and be like, what prompted you to be such an advocate for diversity in the arts? It's like, well, I was in this uh, this camp for, for musical theater kids. And it was me, it was uh, my friend Bobby, and then Tyrone, and 90,000 white guys named Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> and it was at that point in my life, I was like, I need to do something about this. And that's all it is. Like, the camp part of the movie would just be a footnote in why they are such strong advocates. Oh, yeah. Also, that year I was at a camp, like, some kids got murdered, but I didn't really know them. They didn't talk <laughs> yeah. to us, so... It was like a whatever kind of thing. <laughs> I really I really thought the guy that murdered them just really wasn't a fan of their Japanese adaptation with an all-white cast. <laughs> oh, also The Wiz. I just remembered. Yeah. The Wiz. <laughs> Sorry, but like, it's so, there's so few far between um, Serafina. I'm sorry. What about, <laughs> the what end about of the show, it just closes off with me just naming like black musicals i know you and haven't said fade. uh you haven't mentioned roots the musical yeah only a matter of time rogers and hammerstein's roots oh yeah <laughs> no no i think i think that'd be more of a sign a sondheim um situation i think it's see sondheim doing like a, a roots you know he likes um like syncopated rhythms i feel like we like that too we like that. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but uh, we kind of, kind of, kind of have a thing with syncopation. You know, like fun thing about black people, syncopation. Dude, I'm all about that bembe. <laughs> oh God, Rodgers and Hammerstein's roots. I can't. Oh God, that's you want to right make a bet? Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you know, famous composers, like like musical theater composers. I think Rodgers and Hammerstein is just like the most like cheesy of all of them. It's, it's just like, like that, it's that golden age, right? Of theater. Yeah, just which like, is the know, cheesiest of the cheese. The cheesiest, the corniest shit. You know, I love that. <laughs> We're writing that. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I've never been more excited. I'm serious too. I My quarantine that. has purpose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, oh, the Rodgers and Hammerstein's adaptation of Cinderella with Whitney Houston and, <laughs> <laughs> and Whoopi Goldberg. That was a great. Yeah, time. yeah. Disney needs to put that shit on Disney Plus. That's why I need to see. I want to see it's that not? shit. Or is it? Maybe it is. Maybe it is. I'm, I'm, I'm probably talking about my ass. It's probably on there. But yeah, so that was stage fright. Um, uh, Andrew, what you got to plug? Please check out my Twitter. I don't want to brag. I say this every week, but I think I'm finally getting a handle on being funny on the internet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shut up. I was but, ag- I was agreeing <laughs> with you. <laughs> like, okay. that, was a, that was a sincere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry, it's just so close to your full of shit. Mm-hmm. Mm, sure. Sure, you're funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, just, just go on over to Twitter to andrew underscore on underscore drums check me out on instagram i don't do too much on it but that is andrew john baldwin all one word forever till i'm blue in the face i will also pitch our comedy group diversity hire which is at diversity hire comedy 
on the Instagrams. What about you, Sonique? I know you're super busy with like three things, but oh my god, it's like it's been really crazy over here. Um, if anyone wants to help me move on Wednesday, <laughs> this is for <laughs> me. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just kidding. But um, I'm also on Twitter. I I was see I was like, mm-hmm, because you have been very funny on Twitter. I also feel like I've I've I'm kind of getting a handle on Twitter these days. I've had a few tweets recently that I'm like, okay, I see the likes coming in. I like this. I like this feeling. I like this validation. Okay, I need it from you, listener, Spooky Squad. Um, so follow me on. <laughs> S-E-Y underscore anything on Twitter. We also have a Twitter now. I don't know if I plugged it last time, but we are We Die First Pod on Twitter as well. So follow us, um, giving updates on, you know, episodes that are coming up. And we'd love to hear from you guys. Um, I'm also on uh, Instagram as say underscore Smythe. And also check out my other podcast, Everybody Wants Something. Uh, We've got some really fun stuff coming up. Uh, we recently had Molly McAleer on the show, who is a podcaster, writer. She used to write for Two Broke Girls. We got her on the show, and that's coming out too. So if you want to hear us talk about Canadian teens in crisis with um, Molly, you should check it out because it's a fun episode for sure. And of course, Diversity Hire, which I'm also a part of. So, yeah. I honestly can't recommend all of the things we just said enough. Yeah. Like, you're on the Hell internet yeah. so much, you might as well enjoy it. Right. You know, I say some funny things sometimes on my Twitter. I'm like, I like it. Please. I've been on a roll making fun of Hamilton recently. Yes. So yes. I, you know, we love the Hamilton hot takes. And it's in, in the defense, I would argue. Because we, we haven't heard, we haven't heard any. I would say, <laughs> I would say they're very funny. I, w- I will say the one, the only two things I've said on Hamilton have been pretty benign. It's more of like, like, yo, I wish people are talking about Breonna Taylor as much as they're talking about Hamilton. And then the other one was people that hate Hamilton for its realism or lack thereof are really going to be disappointed with any musical ever. That was a good one. I love that one. Cause it's like, Thank you. have any of these people ever seen a musical like like cats? Ooh, you're going to be disappointed. <laughs> yeah, they're not actually cats. And they don't behave literally like cats. Or God forbid any of them see cabaret and they're like, um, Nazis? You know, I'm like, yeah, yeah, we know. <laughs> Wait till they hear about the producers. Oof. Oh, yeah. Yeah, springtime for Hitler. <laughs> like, um, I think it's really inappropriate that you have Hitler singing. That's the point, you ass. You dumbass. <laughs> like, yeah, yes. <laughs> Missing uh. the motherfucking point all day. Mm, okay now i just sound like a theater kid now i'm like oh (laughs) yeah oh it's come full circle it's been revealed it me (laughs) (laughs) but yeah um thank you so much for listening be sure to you know reach out to us again we want to hear your recommendations of any movies you know some cool shit you've seen or any feedback too how we can be better at this we're still very new at this so constructive criticism is always welcomed yeah, we're not like theater kids. We we'll take it and we'll build upon it instead of self-loathe and not take auditions for three months. I mean, I definitely will go home and like snap my mom because I'm pissed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I might just role. you know like if my mom happens to call me that day, it's like so I was listening to the pa- like the podcast. It's like yeah, what else do you have to fucking say? <laughs> was that you leaving that one star review at Titty McDicks? <laughs> 
Wow, Andrew's mom is really saucy. <laughs> what can I say? Yeah. But um, we still don't have a sign-off. for. We, I feel like we should come up with a sign-off for ourselves. For- Let's think of... We should... We'll have that next week, maybe. Or why don't you... Why don't you listeners tweet us <laughs> some sign... Dude, that's what they do for... Uh, shit, what am I thinking of? Comedy Bang Bang? Like mm-hmm. Ben, uh, Ben Schwartz and someone like whenever he comes on, he like makes up their intro music or something or their outro. He whenever he comes, he makes it up, mm. and then they're like, "Oh well, fuck, we have to stick with it." So we could do that. We should for our ten listeners, hit us up with an outline, and maybe I'll like put music to it, and then we'll be like, "This outline was made by Titty McDickballs." I don't yeah, know what so many these handles that. are. Titty, titties and dicks well regardless i think that's yeah. a good idea yeah you've got some um some 40 and shit happening over there. <laughs> that's for you to deal with not for me <laughs> yeah but um yeah reach out to us and give us some yeah i like that idea that's fun that'd be fun i like that or we could change it up every week too if we want to we'll figure it out we'll figure it out but yeah as always thanks for listening um and check in and we're gonna keep uh scaring the shit out of you you like that? Scare the shit out of you the way I shit out my nerves. That was awful. That was... 